So uh, I want to start with a little um, experiment. And I know someone will email me and say that was kind of gross. Um, let me just say I know it's kind of gross, but it's okay. Please don't email me. Um, I know that going into this. But just for a second, let a little bit of saliva pull up in your mouth. And then swallow it. And Okay, so you don't think much about it. But who has a birthday this week? Anyone, any birthdays this week? John, hey, come here real quick. Do you, can I borrow you for a second? Re- real quick, yeah. Re- there we go, really quick. So I'm going to give you this cup. And for the rest of the service, instead of that saliva that pulls up in your mouth, swallowing it. No, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> You're going to spit it in this cup. That is gross. That's, I, so no email, okay? And you're just going to hold your cup the whole time, okay? And you're just going to spit in it. And hopefully there's some of that mucus and phlegm because it's this time of year. It, it can be really nice in the, at the end of the, the service. Now, I'm not going to make you do this. You can, go, you can go sit down. But let me do ask a question. If, if we were to do that with John, and he was to sit there the entire service and fill up his cup, and we say the final, you know, grace and peace, go, and everyone walks out the door. How many people would be pretty aware of where John was? Like, because I think that cup would start to fill up a little bit, and you'd probably be pretty aware of where he was, and I'm guessing you would probably want to avoid him. Especially, I've gotten so many texts and calls and emails of, hey, we're not coming to church, we're sick, we got the cough. But if we were to set John right here at the end of service and say, we just want you to make your line down the back aisle when we say, we're done. Most people would have their eye on John. They would at least know where he was in the auditorium and probably be doing their very best to avoid him. But what if we were to change that? And we were to pass out one of these cups to every single person in the auditorium. And you sit there through the service, and your cup starts to fill up, and you're sitting there thinking, that's kind of nasty. But you hear the person over here coughing, or the person over here clearing their throat, and you start to become really aware, not of what's in your cup, but what's in everyone else's cup. And pretty soon, you're consumed not with what you're holding, but with what everyone else is holding. What would you do besides pick a different church? How would you look at those people? What would you think about them? How would you see them? What would the thoughts be in your mind. Because what this automatically does is creates boundaries and borders where there were none before. Because you're suddenly very aware of what's going on with them. And when you become very aware of what's going on with them, you become very unaware of what's going on with you. 
And those boundaries and borders, though invisible, can be pretty powerful. And most of us, as we see those, have the tendency to pull back a bit. To see that person with contempt. And what contempt does within us is makes us kind of raise our eyebrow. And we see this person now as someone who is inferior. We, we are superior and we don't want to get what they have. We don't want their stuff to cross over my boundaries and over my comfort zone. And then there comes the assumption that they can't possibly get better. There's nothing they can do in that moment to make things better than they already are right now. And as we do that, there comes this emotional detachment where we start to pull back from the person. And then relational avoidance. And these boundaries are created because we have this desire within us to label them, explain them, and look past them. Because if we can label them, and we can explain why they are the way they are, we in some way strip away their humanity. And we see them not as a person, but a problem. A couple of years ago, someone came into our office, and they were needing some assistance. And I was out front, and I looked at the person, and I said, hi, I'm Gary, and I shook their hand. And this lady said, hi, this is my name. And we sat down in the chairs out in the foyer of our office, and the first thing that she says to me is, I have a really bad rash. Now, internally, here's what was going through my mind. But what I'm doing is sitting there thinking, what do I need to do right now to get this person who has a rash, and I just shook their hands, out of this office so that I can go wash my hands? Now, I know some of you are judgmental right now and thinking you are a horrible person. You would do the same. Because we do. We, we make the assumption that that touch will transfer what they have to us. And all of a sudden, our focus becomes not them, but us. And in this series, as we talk about the Imago Dei, the image of God within us, I want to look a little bit at Jesus' compassion for people. Because it's his compassion that touches those who are untouchable. It's his compassion that reaches out beyond the boundaries and beyond the comfort zones to talk to those who are in need. And in some way in doing so, manages not to strip away their humanity and to see them as a person. So... I'm going to read just a few verses from Matthew and his gospel. Jesus has just come off the mountain of the Sermon on the Mount. And there are people gathering around him. It says, when Jesus came down from the mountainside, large crowds followed him. 
A man with leprosy came and knelt before him and said, Lord, if you are willing, you can make me clean. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately he was cleansed of his leprosy. And then Jesus said to him, See that you don't tell anyone, but go show yourself to the priest and offer the gift that Moses commanded as a testimony to them. I want to focus just for a few minutes this morning on verse 3. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I'm willing, he said, be clean. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. I want to talk for just a moment about Jesus' reach and Jesus' touch. Because his reach is something that went across borders. It went across boundaries. These invisible borders, these invisible boundaries that were there, and everyone was very cognizant of. Everyone knew exactly where they were. Because for a leper, this is what life was like. It was to be separated. It was to be seen. It was to stand out. And it was that way by design because of the law. Leprosy is the only disease, deformity, condition that the Bible speaks of cleansing. There was a blind man and he was healed of his blindness. There was a lame man and he was able to walk and he was healed of his lameness. There was a mute man who couldn't speak and he was healed of his inability to speak. But it was the leper that is spoken of as someone who needed to be cleansed. Someone who needed to be made clean. This leprosy was something that defined their life. It labeled them. It gave them an identity. And most saw it as divine punishment. The reason they were where they were is because they have done something wrong to get there and to deserve this. And if you read Leviticus chapter 13 and 14, it reads much like um, Dermatology Monthly. But as you come to the end of chapter 13, it says this, If any or anyone with such a defiling disease must wear torn clothes, let their hair be unkempt, cover the lower part of their face, and cry out, Unclean! Unclean! As long as they have the disease, they remain unclean. And they must live alone. They must live outside the camp. That this person with leprosy, they were basically let themselves go. Their clothes, their hair, that would define them. Their face would be covered. And they would walk around proclaiming unclean. So that everyone at all times knew where they were. Which, if John were to walk down the center aisle at the end of service holding his cup, most of us would hope John would walk down the aisle saying, unclean, unclean. Because... Because we don't want to get 
what he has. And so Jesus, not just his touch, but it's his reach. His ability to reach beyond the borders and the boundaries that are created. And most of those borders and most of those boundaries are confined by our comfort zone. For them, there was a law that said this is what life is supposed to be like. But for you and I, we don't have those laws. What we do have is our comfort zones. And most of the time, we are unwilling to reach beyond those comfort zones. To reach the people who are not like us. The people we look at and we see is unclean. The people we look at and say... And those are the people that Jesus had the ability to see as human beings and reach beyond and touch. And the the most troubling part of Jesus' reach in this story is where these people were confined to. These were people who lived outside the camp. They were not seen as part of the group. They could have started there, but they were seen as someone who did something to get what they deserved. It's the person that you drive past as you pull into Walmart, and you see them holding a sign, and you start to label them, and you start to describe the reason that they are there. And we detach ourselves from them emotionally, and we don't see them as a human being, and we drive past without ever seeing person. See, it's difficult to see the image of God. Not only in us, but in those around us. And we're so consumed with what they are holding. And as Jesus heals the man, I'm sorry, as Jesus cleanses the man, He doesn't say go and do like you've always done and live outside the camp. He now says go into the temple and show yourself to the priest and offer the sacrifice that Moses commanded as a testimony, as a proclamation. Because just a few moments before, he had a proclamation unclean he now has a new proclamation i'm clean i've been cleansed of this disease i've been healed i've been set free and now life looks differently because i'm not on the outside looking in i'm no longer on the outside of the camp because jesus on the outside of the camp reaches across the boundaries reaches across the borders, and he touches the man. Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. See, it's not just his reach, but it's also his touch. 
And we know from psychologists that touch is very, very important in our life. That we need, we almost crave physical touch. Unless you have four children and there are times you say, don't touch me. Just leave me alone. But if you go without physical touch for a few days, you start to crave it. And scientists have said that physical touch improves our mental health, our cognitive abilities, our emotional stability, and our heart health. And Jesus reaches across those boundaries and he physically touches a man that no one else was able to touch. Because not only did he know his place in society, so did everyone else because of his proclamation, unclean. Could you imagine doing life that way? Can you imagine doing life outside the camp, set apart from everyone else, always the outsider looking in? Never feeling like you belong. And we read this story, and here's what, what happens with our minds. is We read this story, and we start to imagine the lepers that we see, and we talk to, and we hear from every single day. And it's that guy at our work in the office next to me who has that really bad skin rash. Not, not me personally, not Bert. Don't. Or it's that kid at school who has the really bad acne. Or it's the one who doesn't have the money and can't dress like everyone else. It's that person who is sitting on the side of the store driveway holding a sign. Like our mind goes there and we start to see those lepers. Those people that we don't associate with and our mind becomes fixated on. And Jesus, in his compassion, sees past what we see. And he sees the humanity of the person. And he has compassion for him. And he reaches across those boundaries and he touches the one that no one else could touch. See, I think inside he sees something deep within a person, and he has the ability to see. And I don't think out, this is out of his godness. I think this is out of his humanity, his humanness, his like-usness. That he has the ability to still see this person as a living, breathing, flesh and blood human being. Made and created in the image of God Almighty. And he is compassion touches man. You see, inside of you, as you hear stories like this, I would imagine there is something welling up inside of you as you see that person that you try to look away from on the street. The person in the cubicle next to you, the person who lives across the street. There's something emotionally that begins to move within you. And I think the reason is, deep down inside, all of us have been there. 
all of us have been on the other side where we are the leper. And maybe it was the money that you had growing up that made you different from everyone else. And you couldn't wear the nice clothes that everyone else wore. Or maybe it was a sickness or a deformity that you had. And it set you apart. Maybe it was your race or your skin color. Maybe it was a sin that became public and suddenly everyone knew about and everyone saw you differently than they did before. Maybe it was the divorce. And now you feel like someone who is just kicked to the curb, who's thrown out, who doesn't matter. And Jesus reached out his hand touched the man. I am willing to be clean. The point of the story that they tell in three of the four Gospels, this story, is not look out for the lepers and have compassion on them. The point of the story is you are the leper. And through Jesus, you have been made clean. And it changes the way that you see everyone else around you. Because it's easier to relate to the one that you are more like. We have a tendency to label. And we see in everyone else what we want to ignore within us. And Jesus says, no, you're not any different than they are. And Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing to be clean. Richard Beck is a professor at Abilene Christian who regularly preaches at a supermax or a maximum security prison outside of Abilene. And he tells a story of one day teaching and preaching from the Beatitudes. And the prisoners were sitting listening to him talk and they were kind of pushing back against his story. And the, the text that he was preaching from and says, that doesn't work in here. If you live that way in here, disciples feet. And he said he started to feel that same emotion from the inmates, the pushback from them. And he said, come on, guys, is there, is there not ever a time that you, you feel that compassion and you reach out and you show that vulnerability to people and it's just silent, crickets? And he said, after a minute or so goes by, on the front row, a man named Mr. Noriega raises his hand. A big, burly man covered in tattoos. He says he calls him Mr. Noriega. Because he could literally break him in half, use him as dumbbells to warm up for his bench press. 
He says, yes, Mr. Noriega, do you have an example? And he says, well, I don't really know if this is what you're looking for or not, but I got a new cellmate about a year ago. And he's not real bright, and everyone else kind of agreed. As he began to push a little bit and talk about his cellmate, he discovered that he probably had some type of cognitive disability, some type of cognitive dysfunction. But his cellmate drove Mr. Noriega crazy because he always walked into his cell and he never took off his shoes. Never. Never for the shower. Never to go to the rec yard. Never to sleep. Month after month after month in hot, steamy West Texas. You can imagine the stench that could be smelt coming from their cell. And he pushed and he pushed and he asked him, why don't you ever take off your shoes? Why don't you ever do it? And nothing for months and months on end. And finally, one day he broke him down. He said, okay, I'll, I'll tell you. I'm really embarrassed because no one ever taught me how to take care of my toenails. And my feet look terrible. And I'm afraid of what other people would do and think if they saw my feet. And he said, Mr. Noriega stood up in his jail cell. He walked over to the sink and filled it with warm water. And he went back and he set the inmate down on his bed and he sat down in the floor. And he began soaking his cellmate's feet in the warm water to soften the toenails. And then after the toenails had softened, he put a towel over his lap. And he picked up the inmate's foot and he set it in his lap and he began to, to pat it dry. And he cut every one of his, finger, his toenails and showed him how to care for his feet. Mr. Noriega said, I don't know what anyone would have thought if they walked by our cell at that moment. But is that kind of what you're looking for? And Richard Beck said, yes. Mr. Noriega, that's exactly what I'm looking for. I think most of us relate to those stories so well because we've all been on both sides and the beautiful message that comes through Jesus here is Jesus reached out his hand across the boundaries across the borders across the comfort zones, and he touched this man. The man that no one else would touch. And he cleansed him. What would happen? What would happen if that sense of emotion that wells up inside of us when we see someone hurting and in need. 
was not something that we just tried to dismiss and that society tells us is invalid and that person is invaluable. And we collectively as a church began reaching across those boundaries and touching the people that no one will touch simply because we understand that's what Jesus did for us. My guess is this world would be different. And Tyler, Texas would be different. And this would be a place of hope and healing because they know they belong here and they have a place where they can be with other people who are like them regardless of where they've come from, regardless of what they're dealing with, regardless of what they're going through. They find the hope of Jesus Christ here through his people who reach out across those boundaries, across those borders, and touch the one no one else would touch. My guess is, my guess is, this world, the world that surrounds us, would be a different place. Because this world would see the hands and feet of Jesus. So just to simply ask this morning, have you lost sight of what you're holding on to? Because you've become so consumed with what everyone else is holding in their hands. touch, the reach of Jesus extends to each and every one of us regardless of what is in our cup. Because His love and compassion is so great that it takes Him to a cross. A cross where He says, here, I'm willing to be clean. You don't have to hold on to this anymore. This doesn't have to define you any longer. It's your, it's my image in you that now defines you.